0: Hey, St. John! Welcome to the Post Sermon Podcast. I am Deacon Estalia, and with me today is Vicar James. Hello. Today we are discussing the sermon from Sunday. So uh, this is the second Sunday after Easter. Mm-hmm. But first of all, how how are you doing, Vicar?
1: I'm doing okay. A little tired, but uh, hanging in there just busy busy busy
0: yeah so we're recording on tuesday so that means call day is coming up yes we have exciting. all kinds
1: of fun games set up in the uh, in the narthex to play hopefully all of you who are listening to this already showed up and came
0: i was gonna say yeah you can't really advertise it because we'll hear it after i hope okay. you all
1: had fun <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> Let's go into your sermon. So tell me about the text that you preached on.
1: Sure. So this is um, uh, from Acts 5. After Pentecost, so the disciples are uh, in the city of Jerusalem preaching. They're preaching in the temple area. And they uh, get arrested they get out of jail. God comes and rescues them, and then you get the amusing little account there about the council trying to locate them, and then they find them in the temple. And then uh, they get called back in front of the council, and this is where we get the famous quote that that you hear all the time, you know, we must obey God rather than men.
0: And I am curious, why did you pick this text in Acts as opposed to, I know the gospel reading, we had John chapter 20, where uh, Thomas did not believe that Jesus was alive till he he saw him. Um, so yeah, just curious why yeah, you yeah, two,
1: two reasons. Uh, first one's just pragmatic. Um, I'm teaching a Bible study on Acts, and so there you go.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so two burns with one stone. <laughs> yeah, I had
1: already kind of done the research on this one, um, and while I was doing that, I um, I had always looked at this passage more from the sense of um, you know obeying God rather than men that kind of thing. And not so much from the sense of, um, you know, God going out there and, uh, you know, putting himself out there and, and trying to call these sinners to repentance. Um, one of the commentaries I read uh, really kind of went into that, and I said, wow, that's 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 a pretty interesting and different take on this particular passage. It's true, you know? Well, I put the disciples and the apostles out there, you know, he could have just walked away from them, but uh, he didn't, right? And so it's a little more common in our world to run across people who are more like— um, um, the Sanhedrin then are like Thomas right because Thomas saw and then believed whereas I think most of us uh, run into people who are like you know who think that believing in God is a fairy tale all right and that's where we have the challenge not people who are open to hearing it like Thomas was eventually
0: yeah I noticed that in your sermon that you seem to focus more on the the lack of faith and the the unbelief of our loved ones, right, Mm -hmm. people in our lives. And and of course, we too, you know, ask God to help us with our unbelief, but the sermon was focused more on others, correct, and their unbelief.
1: Yeah, you know, in talking with people in various times, you know, uh, that's one of the big challenges people have in their lives is, you know, their unbelieving loved ones, you know. I mean I have them in my life and you talk to them and, and and the reactions I mentioned in the sermon are reactions that I've dealt with, right? And so so it's 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 really a tough position to be in, you know. You see this the victory of Christ on the cross at Easter and the unbelieving world around you and you just want them to believe but it seems like sometimes your efforts are futile you know they don't seem to be you don't be making much progress so so that was kind of the direction that i was looking at so
0: so would you say just our efforts being futile and all this unbelief that we see around us would this be the problem that you sought to identify in the sermon yeah
1: yeah that's the problem our 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 desire to be in control of the process, our desire to see things happen the way we want them to happen, you know, I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could just go in and tell our loved ones about Jesus, and they they believed— Right. That would be awesome, right? And then everything would be perfect, right? The whole world would be fine, right? But that's not how it works.
0: If we just say it in this very convincing way or this yeah. you know, something that we're doing, we'll yeah. just, if I just get argue it. that into, light bulb will go off. <laughs> that's
1: right. If I just say the right words in the right time, if I give you the right argument, right? But that's not how it works because the church isn't called to convert. It's called to uh proclaim the word and to trust in God. And so So exactly. for Christians this is frustrating you know, we, you know, because we, we, we do desire, you know, like I said earlier in the sermon that, you know, it'd be easy to write off some people that were annoying to us, you know? Um, But, but that's not, that's not typically who we deal with. You know, the people we deal with are our loved ones, you know, our coworkers, our friends.
0: So then what is the gospel for us and, and for our loved ones that you, you preached on?
1: Yeah, so in the in the in the text, Jesus shows up uh, in the story through his disciples, right? Um, he's there preaching the law to the Sanhedrin. He didn't have to do that; he could have just simply ignored them, right? Um, but but his but he told his disciples uh, earlier, before he ascended into heaven, that they were going to go and preach before councils and kings. Why? Because God is calling these people to repentance, right? To so they can see their sin, and so they can um, so that they can hear the sweet words of the gospel. And so he sends them to, to preach to the council, all right? And so we see Jesus there. And then, of course, Jesus did the same thing for the entire world when he came down in person and... Um and contended for the world by going to the cross by teaching the world who he was. Yeah, so we see him uh, throughout the the scripture here. And so um how that how does that impact us? You know, Jesus is doing the same thing through his church now. He's calling his church to trust in him, right? And calling his church to proclaim the word, right? So so yeah, so the how we get to Jesus in this text is is through his disciples and through the church.
0: That really struck me during your sermon that you you mentioned right now is that God is still contending for the world. Mm-hmm. And and also when you had said God loves our loved ones more than we do. Yeah. Even. Um so He hasn't given up on them. There may be times we feel like giving up and stop even praying for them every day can be so burdensome, right? Yeah. Um and we fail in those efforts, right? Yeah. But yeah. I think just what you said, how God just He's constantly pursuing after every the whole world.
1: God desires that the whole world be saved, um, and uh, and this is his desire to save people, not for them to, to um to to suffer or perish in their sins. So he's always pursuing him, regardless of whether we see it or not, or regardless of whether we, uh, you know, how we act or not. It's it's God's work, and that's what he's doing.
0: So I have a question from a church member that has to do. With this topic of of loved ones who do not believe, so this person asked: In addition to living a Christian life and confessing one, and confessing one's faith in Christ, how should we pray for someone very close to us, whom we love and who loves us, but is not baptized and has a different perception of Christ and Christianity?
1: Yeah, that's a that's a hard question, and it's something. It's a good question, though, yeah, right? It's a, it's a really good question. Um, you know, one of the things I, I just mentioned earlier. Um, 1 Timothy 2, that's probably one of the best texts in the Bible for this particular um, thing. Let me just read it to you. That's just four verses here. It says, and so Paul's talking to Timothy, and he's dealing with this um, subject of praying and God's desires for people, right? So it says, um, first of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So right there at the very beginning, Paul's saying that, you know, we need to pray for everyone, right? So including our unbelieving family. Yeah, it doesn't just
0: say for believers, it says for all people.
1: Yeah, it's for all people. Then he goes on, and he goes, "...for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior." So God wants us to do this. So not only do, are we to, to uh, commanded to do it, but God desires this to happen. Right? Okay. And then he goes on. So that, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read that uh, verse, third verse again. It says, "...this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior." who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So you have uh, comforting words from Paul there. How should we pray? Uh, we, we just pray that God would bring that knowledge to those people, that understanding of grace to those people. Sometimes it's hard to find the words for the specific person, but we could just pray the Lord's Prayer, right? In the Lord's Prayer, we uh, talk about, um, we're, we're called, we ask God for his kingdom to come, okay? And that isn't just simply the kingdom coming at the end times, but it's also the kingdom of God coming into people's lives, right? Because uh, uh, the church is the kingdom of God on earth, so we could pray the Lord's Prayer. It is really difficult. I think to pray for them. I think the most challenging part is to is to constantly be praying for them. You know, like you said earlier, it gets tiresome. You know, and you just wonder if any of them are going to be answered. You know, but but God is uh, you know God is God, and God is going to do things in His time, and God is going to get His way in the end. And He does love your loved ones more than we love them.
0: Yeah, and I guess just to kind of add to what you're saying. Just with the the gift of, or the I should say, the privilege of prayer that we we have, that we we can come before God's throne with boldness and with confidence, like knowing that He hears and answers it. But how many times do we just come to Him with, um, like, being with with timid hearts, right? And just I don't know, with even unbelief ourselves that prayer, you know, won't be answered, or I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, there's. Uh Man, I'm, I can't, I can't recall exactly where it is in Revelation, but um I think it might have been in the text we read this weekend too, which is bad I can't remember it, but uh <laughs> but there's a there's a section um that says that the prayers of the saints are like incense to God, you know, mm-hmm. uh, wafting up, you right. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he he desires us to to it's a hear a pleasing
0: aroma. A pleasing yeah. aroma,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so yeah, so he desires us to pray and it's what he wants us to do. So
0: Yeah, and it's it's not based on our our own efforts with prayer either like it still comes down to him and and his what he's promised to do for for us so uh tell me about the placement of the sermon within the church year we're now the we're still in easter right second sunday
1: yeah, so yeah, so we're in the second Sunday of the church year, and and um, you know I, I think I, ma- I did mention this in the sermon. I think a lot of people don't realize. In fact, a couple of people mentioned after the sermon. They were like, "Wow, I didn't know that Easter was fifty days long." <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I to 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 be fair to all of you on the other end, I don't know exactly when I uh, discovered that, but it was it's probably been in the last ten or fifteen years. So yeah. It wasn't something I, yeah. I knew yeah, either. Neither, so.
0: same here. <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's—so uh, Easter is a, just a, a, a really good time in the church here. I, I, it's one of my favorite times. I think my favorite time is Christmas. But, but um, you know, it, this is the time where we celebrate um, Christ's victory, and it's, uh, it's a very uplifting time. And uh, all of the readings really focus on, uh, you know, this proclamation that God has been raised from the dead and how um, he's— um, Saved us from our sins. So it's a really good time of year. And so this is uh, the beginning of that. And we start to see the church um, moving the gospel out into the world through uh, many of these readings.
0: And then let's see. My last question. Tell me something about the text that did not make it into the sermon.
1: Yeah, there's a couple of things in there. Um the first one, I think, is—I didn't—I mentioned it, but I didn't really go into it, and this is uh, something that commonly comes up, and that is um, that uh, we should obey God rather than men. And I think that—I um, think this doesn't really—this gets—this part of the text gets misused quite a bit. We use, uh, I think uh, the world tends to use it as an, uh, you know, as an excuse not to obey authority. But actually, um, that's not what's going on here. So um, you see the disciples went willingly before the council, right? Right, you know they're they're doing, uh, you know they're following the rules of the council. In fact, uh, in Matthew twenty three, Jesus even tells his disciples that they are to obey the council, uh, but just not to be like them because they're hypocrites. Okay, so this isn't an example of you know uh, you know disobeying the authority or you know disobeying the powers that be. What this is is that we're they're challenging them. God has told them to go preach Christ and they're telling them not to so in this particular case they're going to follow God and they should always follow God but uh but uh, that doesn't mean that just because um, a secular authority is out there you know telling you something you know you know that you should disobey it you know speed limits are out there they don't have anything to do with the Bible but we're supposed to follow them because they're not really disobeying God you know right All right and so um so there's that one so I didn't really go into that very much and then the second one is is um, a little bit more obscure, and that's Peter's shadow. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, so I didn't really talk about that much, uh, largely because there's quite a bit of debate in uh, on that particular subject as to whether Peter's shadow actually healed people, or if this was just some sort of superstitious um, belief of the crowd. The text doesn't really give us any information. Well, you about have
0: it. the woman who touched Jesus' Close, so yeah. i don't know something yeah so it's be said of that
1: yeah, it's certainly possible all right um that it could have happened but the text doesn't really give us any indication all right and so um so i didn't really go there because you know and i couldn't really think of any real way to play with the shadow um um uh, metaphor either it seems <laughs> like
0: that would have been a frustrating sermon process <laughs> trying to figure out shadow how do i yeah how do you work this
1: in you yeah. know shadow of the world yeah so something i don't know so so yeah, yeah and 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 the truth be told, I knew exactly what I was going to preach on uh, before as soon as I read the text, i I realized I had done the research on this one, and I, and I knew what I was going to preach on before I even started. So so it was just a few things in there that I you know that didn't really make it in because it didn't seem like they would fit.
0: Very good. Well, I appreciate this discussion. This wraps up our episode for today. Thank you guys for listening. In case you missed the sermon or want to listen to it again, the link to that sermon is in the show notes. You can also find it on our church website, stjohndublin.org. If you, the listener, would like to submit a question about a sermon, please email us at podcast at stjohndublin.org. Or if you'd prefer to text a question, please text the phone number found in the show notes. Thank you, Vicar, for joining me and for feeding us the word this week.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Bye.